And welcome to this episode of the Roxy and Queens podcast. This time round, we focus on Tree Stead, tour manager for Frank Turner. I caught up with her at the Camden Roundhouse during the Lost Evenings Two Festival, an award-winning event spanning four evenings. Without further ado, I'll let Tree introduce herself. Hi, my name's Tree Stead. Um, I'm Frank Turner's tour manager. I've been a tour manager for about 14 years, and I work in predominantly in the indie pop and rock music industry. As somebody that would like to get into the music industry, and someone that's nosy for all the job opportunities that are in the industry, what does a tour manager do? I imagine it's a lot. I've been trying to think of like a snappy like couple of sentences of like what mm. my job entails. I do some panels and talks and stuff about music industry, women in the music industry particularly, but I can't quite work out what that is. I need to learn something. So it's kind of, the tour manager is basically the person who oversees the tour and puts it together from the start so in a very broad terms and without doing anyone else out of a job um i'll get given the dates by the booking agent people think that the tour manager books the shows that doesn't happen i'll get given the dates there'll be a tour already in place um where where we want to go but that's it so essentially what i have to do is go from it just being a set of dates on a bit of paper to being shows that happen each day for a month in whatever country you happen to be in. So that involves everything from start to finish. So booking a band, but you know, it's in booking like uh, band members, if you have session musicians, things like that, booking crew, booking hotels, flights, buses, vans, any kind of logistics, talking to the promoters each day. You're just represented for the band and then the promoter will be represented for the people putting the shows on. So you're just that person so that the lead singer doesn't have to actually do anything <laughs> in terms of talking to like to getting the show to happen so you have that which is getting the show to happen um and obviously i put a team together who i delegate a lot of those things to and then day to day i'll be making sure we all get in making sure everything's set up for the show making sure things are running smoothly the show happens and also doing a lot of promo doing all the schedules making sure the boys eat just essentially i would sort of say it's uh, tm stands for tall mum um <laughs> Or because you, yeah, you're just doing everything. So, did you say the booking agent sets the dates up, or is it? Yeah, so basically, so they know the venues, or do you arrange the venues? No, not at all. No, literally, the the it's if people people don't understand the different job roles, it's quite easy to be like a tour manager just makes it all happen, and it's not that <laughs> straightforward. There's a lot of pieces before I get involved. So, the mm. manager will speak to a booking agent, and the booking agent books the shows. That's right. literally what they do. Um, so they'll speak to promoters in each city. Uh, those promoters, um, sometimes it's a big umbrella um, company, and they'll yeah. like Live Nation or SJM or people like that and they'll do a whole country mm. and they'll do lots of different cities but sometimes we try and always work with a few independent promoters that, we, that we've worked for a long time that do certain little places like we have um, um, a guy called Ian Binnington who always does Frank shows in Southampton and Portsmouth and Bournemouth and like that sort of area because that's he's been with Frank from the start and you know just because we've got bigger doesn't mean we want to you know go see yeah. it Ian uh, yeah. <laughs> we're done now like you know he we owe him a lot so uh, the booking agent speaks to the promoters right and they go okay I think you're going to be really good this time around selling this many tickets in which case I want to put you on in this venue then they have to look at where the venue what the venue's got on so obviously because there's other promoters booking other shows or yeah. bands that are coming around so there's a calendar there somewhere. this is nothing to do with me but there is a calendar there somewhere um, mm. and the promoters work out what dates work what dates work with the other shows we've got in different areas in the country how we can how, you know if we can be able to get there in time all these sorts of things like they deal with that 
and when they when all that like complicated mess is being sorted out they come to me and they go here are the dates okay because i think that's something i never quite understood because i've only done really basic entry-level music roles right. i've never understood that actually tour managers are very different to yeah. the booking agents the booking agents like plan it all and then you guys make it happen so yeah i've got a, my job title is a sounds like a really umbrella term so people don't think that i have everything to do at all but i literally manage the tour mm. in a literal sense yeah i get given the tour dates mm. and, and i make that happen and then you know from my job there's other people that do slightly different areas like production manager which i, I have a production manager and he does he manages the production and various things like technical all the technical aspects so yeah. that we kind of yeah Dougie does all the complicated technical stuff and I do all the like people stuff so managing production manager using a little bit crossover roles you've got to work really well together it's good to know it's not just a, a solo thing that's going on oh never yeah. I need my crew my crew are great and like it, the one thing about music industry is, is it's such a social industry it's very rare that you'll even get like a you know an artist that's just like oh, I'm on my own and I just do this if they do that it's not because they want to it's because they have to for monetary reasons or you know just logistical yeah. reasons whatever me and Frank did a panel yesterday about music industry and uh, he was saying about how when he first started he was him and a guitar and he sold his merch and he got on a train yeah that's because he can't drive oh. and <laughs> So, you know, and so because he couldn't afford, you know, he slept on people's floor because he couldn't afford to, like, he's getting £50 for a show, so he couldn't afford to, like, be, you know, employ anybody to come with him. And as soon as yeah. he could, then he brings people on. And it's not because we're like, yeah, okay, now we've got money, let's, like, let's have loads of hangers on. To cut. Like, it's not about yeah. that. You need people, mm-hmm. you need good people, and it's really important to get a good team around you that you can just take anyway. If, you, if I get a different tour, I always get them asked recommendations for people for different roles, for different tours. I've got a list of people that I know are really good even people that are upcoming that haven't had that much experience but I know would be really good in a role it's a really social industry so you have to be able to work with people well but you also have to and, and the way that people get jobs is by talking and yeah. networking and socialising and you know like Really good example, we're currently at the Roundhouse and we're here for four days, it's in Camden in London and um, Frank has his festival which is his second year so we're still quite new and exciting called Lost Evenings and uh, he puts on uh, four days, different shows, different supports um, and we have loads of fringe events which is last minutes. Uh, which is all the pubs in the area, all the different bars have different fringe events on. If you have a ticket, you can go and see some random stuff. We have an artist that's come over from America who's got all her art, art up and got loads of like good, passionate ideas. And she does these massive slogans, like really like hard cutting through slogans on lace. And she's doing photos of people in front of those. And, that's like, cool. Just loads of different things. We've got tattoo people, we've got everything. But what we also have is a whole charities area, which is up on top floor um, of, of the Roundhouse. Same with the Nick Alexander Memorial Fund, which is um, another charity we work with. And they're running a second stage, so there's loads of new bands that are on that. Okay. But because the charities are up there, we have Safe Gigs for Women, uh, who are great, and we work with loads of those guys, and Calm as well, which is the campaign against living miserably. That's what it's called. And um, That's cool. <laughs> I always have to remember that. I'm, I'm bad at uh, remembering things. Um, and um, Gig Buddies, which is, um, which, uh, is about helping people with... Um, mental disabilities get to gigs to just expand their um, you know their horizons a little bit and also not have to pay for a carer to come with them so not have to pay for two tickets yeah because you know they can't necessarily always go on their own mm-hmm. um so because we have that that's, that's another whole section of the area that 
there's a lot of it just means lots of emails lots of organization yeah. and um, because we know safe gigs women I had um, uh, one of the girls there Sarah Cordine who's fantastic who came and did a panel with me a few weeks ago who said she wants to get into tour managing and um, she's very interested in doing music industry side she, she quit her job really like wants to pursue it and I knew she kind of got in touch with me she's like oh we're doing to charities I'll see you next week and I was like hang on a minute <laughs> hold on I hang on this is where we could just put some two like two things that are very good together and so I went right I've just invented the position it's called charities coordinator it involves being in charge of charities just so I don't have to deal with the emails because I'm really busy can you yeah. and she just went give it to me it's mine I'm done and I literally <laughs> haven't heard a peep out of her which means it's going really well if I'm if I've got someone mm. going oh what about this what about that then it's a problem, but I she has taken it, she's run with it. No one from the has, has had any reason to call me at all, which is amazing. And for her, it's great because she can sit on her CV. Her being in charge of like an area which is one helps me out, two helps her out, gives her experience. And it's just, yeah, that's how you get jobs in the industry. That's like you just talk to people and opportunities just come like that. You know, it, it, it's very nice, it's very fluid. That's what it looks like for me as somebody who's job hunting and stuff. I'm like, it literally is who you know. In like not just music though it seems it is yeah you're right it's who you know everywhere it's who you know I think CVs are becoming slightly more redundant yeah. year after year <laughs> uh, it's yeah it is experience you know and unis you know courses uh, people what you can learn in a classroom doesn't necessarily equate to what you you're capable of learning quickly on a job and I think more people are realizing this these days. Um, but you know like the world is changing the internet wasn't really around 20 years ago so yeah. it's we feel we're, you know we're in the middle of a time when people are like oh god you know it wasn't like this five years ago what do you do how are we supposed to do this you know people are, you got like like I keep reading these stories kids are sending in CVs on pizza boxes or just to like make them stand out and that's ideas and that's good and it's great I love it how did you get into tour management? How did okay. that happen for you? So um, my way in was, I don't know, I don't even know if it's atypical or not. I don't, everyone just has a different way in at the minute. So I always knew I wanted to work in the music industry. You know, I went to my careers guidance counsellor and they, and I, I went, I want to work in the music industry. And they went, okay, do you have music A level? And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be a musician. I want to work in the music industry. And they were like, oh, well, we don't know about that okay bye and they sent me out like, I remember having to leave because they were just they were just like okay your, your appointment's done now thank you <laughs> go to uni and uh, uh, yeah so I was like okay that's interesting and then I applied uh, I did my A-levels but I just chose subjects that I didn't hadn't done before because I was bored so I did psychology sociology philosophy and theatre studies nice just because I just was done with school um, and failed a lot of them but um I tried to apply for, there was a music, there was a, I think a sound engineering course at a neighbouring school, um, and they said, because we were going to sixth form and stuff, they said, oh, you can go, you know, you, these are other courses that are available, and I went, that one, please, and no one else applied for it, so they didn't run it. Oh, no. Yeah. That's so Which annoying. is understandable. This was like 1998, so, you know, it still was, is, you know, not quite as popular as it is now. Then, so I started looking and um, just at what I could do, and I went and worked in, in a record shop for a, for two years. I just went, oh, well, no one could really help me, so I went and worked in a record shop. I'd lived in a little town in Kent, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, near enough to London, but still a little, little town. 
And then I found some courses and um, I ended up going to this course in Kingston, which was a gateway course called Sound Recording, Music Technology and Music Business Studies. Um, and it literally covered absolutely everything. So it was sampling since, like I learned to like sample drum bass tunes and make my own song and DJing and sound engineering in a studio, TV sound for film and stuff like this. Just, it was everything. It had a little bit of business studies, but everyone there wanted to be a DJ basically. Right. So the business, every, no one came to the business studies one. Our business studies tutor was a guy called Kendi, who was Puff Daddy's lawyer. He was great. He was so good. But because no one was really interested, they, you know, they wanted to learn about contracts and stuff like that. You know, like business if you want to be an artist and that sort of thing. So it wasn't, it wasn't as broad as I liked it. That, of course, doesn't exist anymore, actually. I was one of three girls in the first year. I was the only girl in my second year because a lot of people dropped out. And um, I paid a lot of money to go there. Because yeah. I just saved up. For, I worked for two years. Like, I basically paid it for it myself. I lived at home. I drove two hours every day back and forth. Had no social life, but that's fine. Um, and stayed in the studio. They had studios you could use. So I just went in at 9am, sat in the studio, did extra work, did like learning how to use my cue base and logic and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I was a right swap. Like, I was a right goody two shoes. And just stayed till 9pm till they shut and then go home and just did that. And I came out of it, third in my year. I did really well out of it. Uh, I know for a fact that out of that course of originally 60 people, there's approximately five of us that still work in the music industry. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the dropout rate is huge. Oh, no. Uh, it's sad. I mean, but the people I saw every now and then, I'm like, oh, you're working for that company. I don't know you you. And yeah, it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of heartache. So not everyone makes it. And it doesn't, just because you've done your course, you've paid your money, doesn't mean that yeah. it's done and dusted. You know, that's the start of the story. What I got from that course is that I knew I wanted to tour. I knew I, I, I knew I could do business because I could fall back. I was like, business is really easy for me. Spreadsheets, whatever, fine. It was re- very straightforward. So I, it was no challenge. I didn't want to do it. Um, but I wanted to tour. And even then, they hadn't really gone through like what you're doing, which is going for different roles. I didn't know what different roles were. I couldn't look it up on the internet because it didn't really, wasn't really a thing like that at that point. Yeah. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Like, that wasn't really what the internet did then. But um, at that point, all I knew was that if I wanted to, to tour, that I, wanted, that I needed to do sound engineering. I wanted yeah. to be a front of house guy and I tried doing that. I did sound engineering and I was really, really, really bad at it um, because it just didn't click. Like the, no. I, I learned it, but it, was, it, it just wasn't what I was supposed to do. And I gave up. I did t- about two years of it working with a girl who's a singer-songwriter and another girl who's a sound engineer coming together. We had a lot of like uh, incidents with guys. We were young. I looked about 30. Then I looked very young. You know, we just were like three girls rocking up, and a lot. It was a little bit more old school back then, and um, we, we would have problems with guys being like, "Oh, what are you girls doing?" sort of thing. Oh dear. So, and I, and I hated the the fight every day. And yeah. I've always been, I've been of the philosophy that if you're gonna do a job for like 70 years of your life, do something you enjoy. It doesn't matter if it's working. At that point, the struggle of being young and female and something we're about, we're gonna get into later, I'm sure, um, mm. was tough and I hated it and I went, I'm not doing this anymore and I gave up and I started uh, working in clubs. I was sort of run clubs, do admin for that sort of stuff and then working in a distribution company and then just living with a load of people who were just young and fun and doing the same thing, just finding their feet. And um, some of them started a band and I was living with them and they uh, they wanted to 
they wanted to go on tour. They had this little tour booked, and they I don't drink, so they were like, "You don't drink? Do you want to drive us so we can get drunk?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll drive you." And so I and I actually ended up walking out my job because they wouldn't let me have holiday, which was um, super lame. Yeah, actually, they were they took the piss quite massively, and they wanted to. I was already sort of doing three people's jobs for that company, and I got right. really depressed. And I was I said I don't want to be here anymore, so I. Um, cut down to three days a week so I was doing three people's jobs in three days a week they were paying I mean I hadn't even thought of the fact that I was getting paid nothing to do this and they were saving loads of money and then the boss's wife was like oh well actually I was going to go on holiday that week and I wanted you to do my job too and I just went I'm sorry I can't and I wrote like who, who does this well I'm, so, I'm such a swat like I instead of just being like I'm leaving I wrote out a ten page thing of how to do my job like exactly that, like what file was where Day, day on day, exactly what you have to do at what time. Ten pages, printed it out, and just like, I'm really sorry, I can't do it, but whoever comes in just needs to read this and they can do my job. You're so good. I just I had to just be like, okay, well, I'm going to leave in a tantrum, but I'm going to tell you how to do my job, because that's, yeah, that's, what the, that's the right thing to do. And they went bust about like, two months later, so you got out. Yeah, I think I got out lucky, but anyway, so I... Um, you might have been the reason that they didn't go bust. It was all for me. <laughs> it was um, I was holding that company together. Um, so basically, I started. I, you know, I said, "Okay, cool, I'm going to drive these boys." The boys are a band called the Holloways. Um, they, uh, in my head, and I think this is the crux of a good tour manager. In order to, if I'm going to drive someone, if someone says drive me to this thing, I'm like, "Okay, fine." So what do you need to know? You need to know how to get there. This is pre sat nav. Um, what, so therefore what time you got to leave how long it's going to take to get there where you're actually going what time you've got to be there so what gear you've got to take so you know hang on have we got a big enough vehicle so, and then therefore be like okay everyone get into contact with everyone being like okay let, well let's leave at two so can you come to the pub at two is everyone able to meet here and they went you've just done a tour manager's job and I was like have I that's just obvious yeah to me that's just obvious and they're like oh, you sort of just done a tour manager's job I was like alright fine so I guess I'm a tour manager now and then um did it and then they had a they had a top 10 hit and we just went like this was skyrocketed and i went with them that, nice. that, that was literally it that was the, the turning point just walking out my job one day and then six months later we're in japan touring first ever festival was the other stage at glastonbury not knowing what we were doing just winging it i was with my best friends i was with my flatmates my best friend it was and i was really lucky that any obstacle came across where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing because <laughs> I've never done this before. They were like, us neither. Okay, well, <laughs> um, hey, you, she's in charge. Can you just tell her what you did, what you were supposed to be telling us? Do you know what I mean? And just, it, they they had my back every step of the way. So I learned with them and without them, I would have given up a long time ago, I think. Yeah, you're lucky you had that such a supportive network around you for your first yeah. big Absolutely. break. No one was going, you're going to be fired if you fail at this. Well, this is it. That's and that's a, that's a scary thing. And, and I think if you try and do it de- like deliberately, being like, I want to be a tour manager, therefore I've got to go and be a tour manager at this thing. If you let it happen, like, just, you know, just fluidly, then it will just happen. And before you know, you just look back and go, oh, hang on, I've just tour managed a two-month tour. But if you go, I'm going to tour manage a two-month tour, then you put so much pressure on yourself that it isn't necessary. This job doesn't work like that. It works, it's... <laughs> Everything is on the fly. I'm learning every day. There's loads of stuff that, that comes up just daily that you can't learn in the classroom, especially with tour managing anything on tour. The, the beauty of this job is that whatever happens today, it's a new day tomorrow, right? You know, I don't have like, you know, it might be a slightly different if you work in an office, but 
but we can have the world's worst gig tonight. We won't. We won't. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be completely fine. Touch wood. But um, but you know, if 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 the whole stage burned down last week, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, if we were in Berlin, like whatever happens that day, you pack up your stuff, you drive to the next venue. And then you unpack, unpack it all again and set up. And then whatever happened yesterday doesn't actually matter anymore because today is a new gig. It's a new audience. It's a new venue. It's a new bunch of people you're working with. It's fresh. So you just wipe the slate clean and you start again. So whatever mis- mistakes you've made yesterday, you can just put them right the next day. It's not that's not a problem. Like I mean, the example. I'm gonna... I do. <laughs> Quite funny. It's like on um, <laughs> on Friday. Frank, uh, Frank face planted across the stage. It's on. It's on the internet. Everyone no. Really he uh, he runs basically. They go on. This is the first day of our festival. We've been building up to this for a year, and he has to like the band go on stage. They start the intro, and then he runs on and takes the mic and starts singing. And he ran on, and Ben, our guitarist, did a little dance, and just somehow his foot got there, and he tripped over. This is like you got to watch later. It's hilarious. I'm he tripped gonna over his out. foot and just went like full flat onto his guitar onto his face and then just got up again because he had like two seconds to get to the mic to yeah. start the song yeah and he did the song and was absolutely pissing himself laughing all the way through he oh. couldn't finish it because he was just laughing so hard because he, he face planted in front of three thousand people at least he took it really well it could have gone either way yeah <laughs> absolutely but that's the thing like that's horrific and hilarious at the same time but doesn't matter for tomorrow or tonight or next week or last week it just it happened that gig mm. even if it got even if like it you know it, he'd taken it really badly which he didn't because he's amazing but even if it had gone really badly then it still doesn't matter about tomorrow's gig because it doesn't have any effect on tomorrow it's just yeah that happens today so. it's like a reset every day it's a reset button i love reset do you think being a female tour manager has had more challenges than if you were a male it's a very current subject. Um, I'm glad to be able to be involved in it and, you know, people are interested in my input, which is great. It's all swings and roundabouts. And I think at the end of the day, having this discussion about females doing male jobs, which is a ridiculous um, sentence anyway, but, um, you know, women have a bit more power and that sort of thing. It's ridiculous and it should be redundant, but it's a changing time. So, of course, it's relevant now. In, fi- in 10 years' time, it won't even be a question, I'm sure. But right now, it is, it's the it's a hot topic. Mm. So I think you need to go through life, as with anything, being positive about these things, not being negative. I mean, I've met, you know, super uber feminists before who are like, well, all guys do is just put us down. It's like, well, if you go around life thinking that, then yes, of course they will. But that's not, you know, that's not everybody for a start. Um, and, you know, if you go in wanting to be helped by someone and wanting to better your position, then and you look for people to help you, then male or female, then you will find those people. But if you're looking for people who are putting you down, you'll also find those people. Yeah. It's what you take from it. Like I've said, the industry is changing. I've been in a very interesting point where when I first started, so like yeah, 13, 14 years ago, when I first started, I, um, I was kind of a younger lot. And there was what we used to call the old school yeah, you know, tour managers who are, you know, we were in our twenties, they were in their sort of forties plus, who are, obviously did work before sat nav, phones, credit cards, the euro were invented. You know, when stuff was a lot harder, you didn't yeah. have email. Do you know what I mean? You didn't have mobiles. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, it stuff was a lot tougher. You did have to have tour books because no, now you don't have. You have itineraries and everything's on master tour or email or whatever. No one actually prints anything out. But then you had to because no one had a laptop. I don't know. I had a USB stick. That's what I had. Okay. And for like two years, I just walked around with a USB 
joystick and went to the oh, can I print out a set list? And then like, we'll just use their computer. Like, it's insane to think that now. But the old school, there's much less women, and I think they had much... Uh, women had a much harder time. Then the, you know, us young'uns who aren't young anymore <laughs> came in and started working, and there was a few more of us. The benefit of that is that when I started tour managing and I was just socialising with a lot of people who were in bands so this is how I met Frank um, you know our friends with Mumford and Sons Kooks Laura Marling like Holloway's you know Kaiser Jeeps all these people they were you know my peers my friends but uh, everyone wants to be in a band no one wants to be a tour manager right so I was the one who was getting to work and then at a point from that when people knew, who, knew I was a tour manager lots of people wanted female tour managers because it broke up the testosterone for a few years everyone wanted a female tour manager so we were getting all the work and that ain't negative, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe no. it's uh, positive sexism. I don't know how you put it. It's really that sexism as much as anything else, do you know what I mean? But it's, yeah, it, it just put us in a good light. I, you know, I didn't have any negative connotations from it because there was, they, people wanted us. And yes, there's always going to be people who are like, sorry, you're just a girlfriend, right? You know, why, why are you here? Do, tell you what, why don't you make me a cup of tea? But that's going to happen because some people get stuff wrong. Some people just don't understand yeah. that women are men quite equal. Um, I do lots of talks now to lots of girls in universities and there is just tons of girls and women that want to get into it and that makes you so happy. And the more that want to do it, the more that there are there, the less relevant this becomes. So, you know, I think you need to stay positive about gender roles because otherwise all anyone's going to do is just war for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it might slow you down. Absolutely. Yeah. I see that you've won some awards, such as Tour Manager of the Year 2014-15 and Best Festival for Lost Evenings in 2017. Yay! Woo! Woo! So, what has been the biggest highlight of your career? Do you so know far? what? Like, it's having those those little things are is incredible. And honestly... <sighs> oh, I've got goosebumps. It's nice. It's really nice to be recognised like that because... We are just all winging it. I'm still not entirely sure I know what I'm doing every day. I've said, I said, literally said this earlier to, to Dougie, my production manager. Me and Dougie worked together for like, well, we probably did one of our first tours together, but on different bands, Holloways and Wombats. He used to work for Wombats, we used to work for Holloways, and we did a co-headline tour nice. when we were like 24 or something. So we've known each other for a long time. Now we're working together, tour managing, production managing, a an award-winning festival that we've put on ourselves and an arena level artist and we're just like whoa that's cool isn't it <laughs> you know like there's no point when you're just like well you know yes i'm i do this and i'm an award winner and blah blah it's always really exciting you know like i said today this is my first podcast it's really exciting like this is quite a highlight <laughs> um absolutely and yeah the award was amazing and i didn't know about it that was the other thing so a friend of mine actually the old wombats tour manager sarah she just texted me and was like oh congratulations on your nomination and i was like what are you talking about and she said, you've been nominated for an award. And I was like, what? And she oh. sent me a link. And I went, what? And then they won't, they won't tell you if you've won or not. They put you down to a shortlist of three. Right. And they won't take one. And I, it was like 180 quid to go. <laughs> it was really expensive. Jeff paid for these tickets. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can afford that. And they were like, I oh, know you should go. Can you, you know, can you not just put it on the company? And I went, I'm freelance. I am the company. I can't really afford to pay for two people to get tickets. And they gave me like a 30 quid discount. Um, but evidently it's because I'd won and they wanted me to go but they couldn't just give me a free ticket could they? anyway <laughs> thank you live UK um, <laughs> um, but yeah that literally came out honestly out of the blue I got an award which is great to have in your signature and then yesterday I got asked to be an industry patron for the Music Venues Trust 
Which is amazing. Oh, nice. This weekend is great. <laughs> and yeah, we won an award for this last year, even though me and Dougie had no idea what we were doing, but it turned out really, really well. We've got 12,000 people wandering around Camden who over four days who are really happy and having the best time. I can't really stress it enough. Working in music and touring, especially maybe because I'm really passionate about it, it is one of the best things you can do. It's such an enjoyable way of living. Yes, there's downsides, but there's downsides for all jobs. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, some people have to like refill that massive water cooler every day, and that's I've done that. That's really heavy. <laughs> and like, we don't get a lot of time at home. My boyfriend's here this weekend, which is really lovely. Um, but I don't get to see him when I'm touring that much. But Skype exists, so that's fine. There are ups and downs and everything, but touring, the people you meet and the stuff you do, and the places you go, and just what happens daily is weird and exciting and fun and crazy. And I wish I wrote it all down because I can't really remember half of it. I would recommend this job to anybody. If you're good at this sort of thing, if you're not good at it, don't do it. Please do something that you're good at. But if you want to do it and you're passionate and you, and you think you'll be good at it, if you can make this work for you and make money out of it, be my guest, it's amazing. And there we have it, some solid advice from Tree and a nice snapshot of what a tour manager does. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Roxine Queens podcast. You can subscribe to easily find the podcast or follow us on Tumblr at www.roxinequeenspodcast.tumblr.com. See you next time.